This episode is brought to you by the fine folks at NordVPN. Take advantage of a special holiday season deal for LazerTime listeners only. Go to nordvpn.com slash lasertime and use the code lasertime to get up to 73% off your NordVPN plan, plus a bonus gift. Barbara Streisand gives therapy a horse goes to war, and Will Smith plays the greatest this week on 302010. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 302010, the Laser Time Network's weekly pop culture time machine. Rounding out the year, or should I say years, because we're going on a journey through three decades of pop culture, movies, TV, video games, music, and so very much more. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Who else is with me? I'm Diana Goodman, and I will not take assassination orders from giant bugs. <laughs> not again. I answered that reference. Sarah. It's her, Sarah. And uh, for now, until I'm Sarah, that'll happen. <laughs> but we're rounding out the end of the year, and I really hate this, talking about December 24th through the 30th, oh. leaving one final day of 1991, 2001, and 2011 to cover next week. Uh, but this is. I was so tempted to just shove everything in here. Yeah, yeah I thought we were going to. Oh, it's annoying. Yeah, it's very annoying. It was. It could have been so clean, but you had to be like this calendar. But so yes, we're to be talking about what came out in the year of 1991, 2001, and 2011 during the week of December 24th through the 30th. A rip roaring journey across three decades. And, you know, off the top, if you haven't heard the show the last couple of years, not a lot of stuff comes out during this time. So this is probably going to be a quick episode. No, there's a lot of stuff that Christmas Day is their official release date. Right. And they try to go with what is their wide release date. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's some movies that become popular, like in early February, that technically came out December 25th True. to qualify for awards. And it's like, we, if we didn't move stuff around, this episode would be six hours long, and then all of January would be empty. Hmm. So... Yeah, and uh, now, as opposed to now, where things come out to qualify for awards and then hit a streaming platform one week yeah. later. Fun times we're living in, but we have some fun end-of-year stuff that we can talk about this week, because there's certain things that uh, are christened at the end of the year. And by mm-hmm. that, I mean cleared by me. Tee-hee. <laughs> 1991. News. A little bit of news. Every, every year at the end of the year, Time Magazine names their person of the year. This year... It's Ted Turner. Go, Ted. He's he being, just got married. He's being brought up in the news for the second time. Everything's coming up, Ted. Do you think his? Do you think marrying Jane Fonda just pushed him over into man of the year territory? Probably. I mean, you have to be a person of excellence, I think, to get with that. Where was it with Jane? Hot, smart yeah. lady. This, yeah, I think at this point, Jane Fonda aerobics guru, VHS aerobics yeah. guru, yeah. yeah, highest selling videotape of all time. So yeah, something like that. Not bad. I don't know. I still think it's got to be Aladdin. It's got to be Aladdin. Everybody yep. had that purple, purple yep. clamshell. Uh, and then I thought this was funny coming through the news. Uh, Laser Time a year or so ago did an episode about lost media, things that are announced and just fall by the wayside. And some of it, I'm surprised how much stuff from the 80s and 90s is only hitting now. You ever hear us obsess over the David Spade show Sammy? Uh, it's a cartoon show that aired two episodes and then disappeared off the planet. Nobody taped them. They were ne- and they appeared on YouTube this year. Hmm. These just appeared about a year or so ago. Fox announced this week a Chester Cheetah cartoon show. 
um, <laughs> and receives massive protests. If you, uh, I, I did an article and I think maybe a, a company podcast, you can find it on lasertimepodcast.com about product placement in animated films where like if you watch the chipmunk adventure, Alvin is eating a perfectly drawn honey nut Cheerios. It's weird. It's really, it looks really weird to have a product in a cartoon, a real product in a kid's cartoon. And it only happens in movies because it turns out in America, at least it's illegal to do that in children's cartoons. Uh, And so that's why this Chester Cheetah Cheetah cartoon, whereas kid, you know, orange dusted fingered kids like me were, yes, parents were like, this is evil. Don't do this. And it made it. Yes. No cartoons have never been used to sell things before. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, some could say we might not even have cartoons without selling things. Thank you, General Mills, for giving us Rocky and Bullwinkle. When you said receive protests until canceled, I thought Chester Cheetah might have like had a bad stand up and then like <laughs> said something inappropriate. <laughs> he or, would never you know. dug up his old tweets. Yeah, yeah. And I'm trying. I was. Try- I was gonna try and do like a little so cool. improv of Chester you know? Cheetah, but I forget what he sounds like. I think he was a cool jazz bow back at this yeah, point. Now yeah. he's like English. He's a jazz cat. Yeah. Well, he's like British now. What? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. So it's difficult. It's difficult to know. But uh, yeah, they re- they in an eBay auction in, I think, 2017, they found the storyboards and the scripts and the, the designs for the show and the internet was delighted. I don't know. Those are the things I, I love obsessing over. I'm like, whatever happened to this? We found it. And I wouldn't bring it up. But it's a slow week. Kind of slow. As, I mean, was it now? Was it a buddy cop cartoon with <laughs> Chester Cheetah and Joe Camel? Oh, that would be great. That would be great because, uh, it, it, and maybe. Oh my be- god, it'd be so funny because, like, then Joe Camel could have his like pack of cigarettes with all the cigarettes in it, and then Chester Cheetah could have his pack of Cheetos with all the Cheetos in it. Mm. <laughs> and when they get in the car, they could each take out their thing and. They could go n- and at night. Uh, they could go back to their house and. Chester Cheetah could suck Joe Camel's nose. What? <laughs> yeah, I, it was an intentionally gross imagery I'm trying to conjure there because I never saw it as a kid. But when you look at Joe Camel now, I'm like, that's gross. Yeah, why it did is you, gross. Why did you it do is. that? It's not great. That's gross. Your face is disgusting. Um, Some real sicko in advertising. Full, you know, tooted. He knew. They yeah. knew. Yeah. Just was like, guys, we'll make them think about dicks and then suck in and then it'll just all come together. Yeah. Where's the cocaine? And it'll be everyone's favorite kind of dick. It's the 1970s flaccid uncircumcised kind. That's what his (laughs) face will look like. Oh, it's gross. It's going to make you want to suck dick and then you put a very tiny white one in your mouth. Just oh, so tiny. <laughs> oh, it's so tiny. Oh, it's like a pokey stick. Oh, I forgot the name. Those are actually called. Anyway, movies of 1991, December 24th through the 30th. Merry Christmas. Were you seeing Hook? It's still number one at the box office. Uh, we talked about it a few episodes ago. I think it came out. Uh, I loved it. Sarah hated it. Prove me wrong. Wow. Uh, all- <laughs> So some notable movies are out right now. The Inner Circle with Tom Hulse, Lolita, De- Lolita Davidovich, and Bob Hoskins. You said it. What? I, I know how to say it. You. I'm just not capable of saying it. Like oh, math. So I know. Yeah, this was not great reviewed, but it's a based on the true story of this guy that was Stalin's projectionist. So he was, you know, in the Inner Circle. But it's not really about that. It's more about, like, social repression. And then there's this... Orphany has to save. I don't know. Just, I like all these people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But no, 
much bigger things to talk about. Yeah, such Sorry. as footnote: Julian Sands, Ian Holm, Roy Scheider, Judy Davis, and Peter Weller in David Lynch's Naked Lunch. Not David Lynch. Oh, not David Lynch. Who is it? Cronenberg. Cronenberg. My oh. bad. Sorry. But there. much like a David Lynch movie, don't try to understand it. Just let it be. Just let it wash over you. Let it happen. Just, just let it happen. Don't try to figure it out because uh, it's vaguely based on the William S. Burroughs book, which yes. is also, which is like a bunch of unconnected short stories that are sort of out of order. And it's also based on William S. Burroughs' life. And it, it's not even dream logic, it's drug logic. Yes. It's fucking weird. He was one of the beats, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and and I I did. I'm kind of done with those guys. I did read uh, when I first started doing acid. My, I, it's gonna make me sound really old. My friends like, dude, every time you trip, you gotta read one chapter of William <laughs> Burroughs' Naked Lunch, and so I did, and have like zero fucking memory of the book because I <laughs> I literally only experienced it on drugs, and then we tried to top it off with Naked Lunch, which is a bizarre adaptation. Not unlike the movie adaptation, which is partially about the adaptation of the book into a movie. And yeah. it, it's all a little weird. And it's one of the few cases that sort of requires you to like really have read the book to care about the movie. Eh, I don't know. Because yeah, maybe not. Maybe it's, it's just like so barely connected that you'll probably get something very different out of it if you've yeah. read the book and can retain any of it because the book is trippy and weird too, man. Oh, this is like, okay, so Peter Weller's married to Judy Davis, and he is an exterminator whose chemicals are a hallucinogen, and his wife is hooked on them. And then, like, this giant bug guy tells him that he's a secret agent, and he should kill his wife. And, like, Roy Scheider, I think, is a therapist or a doctor of some kind who he thinks is part of this plan with the spies. And uh, then Judy Davis shows up again later as somebody else. Oh, uh, that's why I thought it was David Lynch. a typewriter Lynch. that grows a dick. I don't know. Oh, man. Back sure. to that again? Yeah, yeah. sorry, ladies. Seen it. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Boring. What else Boring. you got, fellas? I oh, still sorry. don't know how Naked Lunch really got made, except they just cobbled together a bunch of money from all over the place yeah. because it's like, who's going to watch this? And mm. it, yeah, it ended up losing money, and now it's a total cult favorite because it's just so fucking weird very few things like it if i had to guess cronenberg made it the same way he always does with a little bit of money from the canadian government yeah typically Mm -hmm. how he gets stuff done yeah i think the germans kicked in some too maybe the french yeah usually does it that way just little bits here and there Mm -hmm. just enough to cobble together some money but it's like it's uh, yeah i can't really just like recommend it but some it's one of those things where it's like it's not for everybody, but the people who like it, it will just click because yeah, there's just like Brazil is almost the closest thing I can compare it to, but it's still Brazil. not even a good comparison. God, I love Brazil, but this is it's this, just this, fucking weird. This I watched and vowed like this is the I will never watch this again. <laughs> I will never <laughs> watch this again, not even for work. Thirty years later. Uh, also out this week, cool title: Daughters of the Dust. Coralie Day, Barbara, uh, Barbara O. There's a person named Barbara O. Alva Rogers, Trula Hozier. Oh, man, is this a strong recommend. Really? But again, kind of not for everybody. Mm. But it's possibly the first American movie written and directed by a black woman to get a decent size release. Mm. Awesome. Uh, Julie Dash. It's about the turn of the last century and a bunch of women living on the Sea Islands off South Carolina. So they're Gullah people. Mm-hmm. and they're deciding whether or not they should like move to the mainland for more opportunity but if they move to the mainland they'll like 
lose their connection to their culture because Gullah culture is very specific. It has, uh, you know, a lot of more African influence and they like speak a different kind of Creole and it's mm-hmm. not subtitled. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of fun because you're like, I really feel dropped into this community that I know. I don't know anything about this. It's it's just all about like their interpersonal problems, but also their like connection to the past and what happens when you lose that because wow. they culturally have already lost it a couple times first, you know, through enslavement and then through Jim Crow. And uh, yeah, it's one of these that came up in film school all the time and it always looks so boring. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, there's a bunch of black ladies standing around on a beach looking sad. <sighs> and then I watched it and I was like, fucking transported i was like oh my god i just feel like i experienced something and uh, all these people in their lives that i had no fucking clue about kind of like beast of southern wild is kind of the same way yeah that i loved yeah yeah i love that yeah i they go together pretty well and see what else oh there's there's something that'll tie get sarah into it yeah and if i need to sell it anymore there you go beyonce's lemonade Mm-hmm. basically is super inspired by a part of this and it was like the second that part started i was like dude daughters yeah. in the dust <laughs> wow okay like, well you sold me yeah so if if you like beyonce you would I disappoint know. her if you didn't try watching daughters of the dust that's the last thing i want to do don't disappoint beyonce I, by Virgo she, queen i feel like I, just like a student in the first day of school i just don't want beyonce to notice me i don't want to get in trouble <laughs> I, that's fair Please that's don't. fair oh yeah i think daughters of the dust i know it's on criterion channel it might also be on canopy yeah it, it's around it's it's available and i'm kind of shocked this seems like so independent and yes. so old it might mm-hmm. be one of those lost films but happily it is not nope uh, criterion uh, yeah, has it amazon's around. got it yeah yep yeah in in the national film registry now Ooh. yeah you can watch it free on tubi oh boy Ooh. and then moving on to <laughs> weirdly the biggest movie of the week Oh my god! Um, oh, huge hit. Yeah, huge hit. yeah, like huge a huge hit, which is so surprising considering. You think? I mean, yes. it's 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 been a minute. And I would, I don't know. I was just talking about this because never mind. I will talk about it in a second. This is going to throw everybody off. George Carlin. Everybody guess. <laughs> know the movie yet? Uh, my favorite role of his: Kate Nelligan, uh, Melinda Dillon, Blythe Danner, Barbara Streisand, and Nick Nolte. We're talking about, of course, Prince of Tides. The critics agree The Prince of Tides is far and away the best movie of the year. Three Golden Globe nominations. Best Picture, Best Director, Barbara Streisand, and Best Actor, Nick Nolte. A blockbuster, must-see, can't-miss movie. Four stars, Streisand and Nolte light up the screen in the year's bravest and best movie. One of the most deeply moving films of our time. The Prince of Tides, rated R at theaters now. Oof. Oh. Yeah, don't oversell it yeah. or nothing. Damn. Not those, okay. None of those are my critiques of the film, by the way. <laughs> I First of all, Nick Nolte is having a banger of a year. Yeah, I guess mm-hmm. he is. Between this and Cape Fear. Yep. Did we discuss this? Is he really... Uh... Ladies, is Nick Nolte a thing to look upon? He's, he's cast as like in this movie. Yeah, yeah. he's there he's, was a time he's a I romantic really, lead. I never really thought of him that way. He never has like really piqued my interest too much. But in this movie, I'm like, oh, I get it. I get Do it. Do you? Yeah. I, oh yeah. If you really, really are looking for a man who looks like he's suffering from the symptoms of alcohol withdrawal, Nick Nolte. Hmm. Nick. Aren't we all? <laughs> but yes. 
I am a so first of all, this is based on a novel, Prince of Tides, which is written by Pat Conroy, who's one of my favorite authors. He also wrote Beach Music and The Great Santini and The Water is Wide. And he has just written a lot of great novels. His most recent offerings, I have not been as big of a fan of, but I absolutely loved, love, love Prince of Tides and Beach Music, both the novels, and they are transportive southern gothic sort of but not really he's he's south carolina based too isn't he yes mm -hmm. so yeah keep going with daughters of the dust nice yep and this is such a great adaptation mm. i for always forget <laughs> that it's directed by barbara yeah. streisand who by the way is phenomenal the author like, the author handled so the translation didn't didn't he or the adaptation i believe he did okay and so that that's that, that usually helps yeah, yeah, because I, I, I was having some conversation. I forget what it was, but like I always viewed Barbara Streisand as a product of the 1970s. But it, you know, she just she hadn't directed anything. I think since like '83, so it just like w my brain had no knowledge of who Barbara Streisand was when this came out. No idea. Mm -hmm. And but I, I, I think the best thing I can say about it, uh, the person I was previously seeing. Her mother was a big Barbara Streisand fan, so I ended up watching a bunch of Barbara Streisand movies mm. where we were and all that. And this has a much older feel to it. As opposed to 1991. It doesn't feel like an 80s movie. It doesn't feel like a 90s movie. No, yeah. it's, it's, so we can get into the story. There's, it's very emotional. I'm also going to just say right now, a huge trigger warning oh, yeah. for sexual assault. That is, oh, yeah. where were you in 91? Pretty graphic, yeah. I would say. I... Where, where, were, where was anyone in 1991? Yeah. I will say, I saw this the, for the first time on a plane. Whoa. Oh my God. Back Ooh. when you did not have individual screens, but there was one big screen for everyone, oh, and no. they did not edit out the scene of assault. Yeah, oh so I hate to jump to the ending real quick, but that I I have a little bit of anger at this movie because like mm -hmm. I don't... I don't have a ton of resentment for my parents, but like I, this was like it, it was probably next year where my parents had rented this and I had gotten in the habit. We got an, another VCR, but we only, only had one TV, so I'd tape every movie we rented. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean you'd have to watch the whole movie and tape it. Yeah. And my parents had rented this for them, weren't really paying attention. And I think I mentioned this in erotic thrillers like I was too young to see this movie. The. Mm -hmm plot of the film is a uh, Nick Nolte's sister has committed suicide so he goes no, attempted, suicide. attempted suicide and she he leaves to go to New York to meet her therapist to figure out what's triggering all this and he ends up both falling in love with Barbara Streisand's Lowenstein psychiatrist character uh, and getting therapized kind of a little so mm -hmm. super unethical on her part and yes. then this is the spoiler <laughs> for the ending and it turns out like the thing they're hiding is a giant rape and murder, uh, mass rape and murder. Like it's so kind of from when they were children. From when they were children, that was inflicted upon. And them. that, and, and and even now, I'm like, you showed too much of this. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, that was a little. It was a little. It was my. It was a. It's a lot. And he and, and Nick Nolte says in the movie, it's like, not I, as graphic as I think know, it's it not is. The accused or anything, but it is. It's yeah, enough. yeah. It's not. It's yeah. it's not prolonged, but it's like that is a sex scene. Uh, in addition to a rape scene, like this shouldn't be on film. I I, I found it like kind of distasteful. I, I don't think uh, I don't think you would ever show be that graphic in the depiction of mm. child rape, which th I, I feel. Yeah, it, 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 well, and I'm saying I'm saying that as someone who like I don't yeah, like this yeah. movie, but it's haunted me forever because just like Nick Dolte says, like I didn't know that could happen to boys, and I didn't either. And I learned from <laughs> accidentally watching Prince of Tides when I'm like 11. Yeah. And I, that's how I find out about molestation. Kids now, I'm sure, are introduced to the subject of all that from a billion different things um, and made more careful not, and aware. 
Yeah, in, much, <laughs> in but, a much more understanding. Yes, way, I'm yeah. saying that 1980s, yeah. like we, that, no one was discussing that kind of shit in school. Nope. So this yeah. is how I learned all of that existed in this Barbara Streisand Nick Nolte movie. Well, and it was I wish that hadn't happened. Reading it first <laughs> because <laughs> the book version is. Oh Worse. no! Oh, oh are you kidding? So, trigger wording on the book too, which, by the way, I still love, and it's—I still think it's a great book, and he's a great author, and I think this movie's still really great. I really love this movie a lot, and I think it's incredibly well done. I agree that I do think the sexual assault scenes are a little too much, probably. Mm. So that is a big trigger warning, and you know when it's coming, you'll be able to tell. Oh, and yeah. if you fast forward through those scenes, you're not gonna miss. Yeah, it's, it's, it seems like in another movie, he just would have said in one sentence what happened to him and his family. Yeah. Not and, have a flashback. And not have a, but he's also like yeah. clammed up and they've been, they've been hiding this for years because mm-hmm. if this makes it any better, uh, the mother and son then murder all three uh, rapists. Yeah. Um, it makes it a lot better for me, actually. It, it it's does. very cathartic. <laughs> it makes it, it so much better. In a way, yeah. But now that we've covered that part of it, the yes. rest of the surrounding movie is hmm. so great. Like, yeah. it is so romantic. Uh, yeah. No. It's so yeah. romantic <laughs> to watch these two people fall in love over this course of time talking to each other. And it's not quite a psychiatrist-patient relationship because he's there under the auspices of helping his sister. But yeah, of course, the lines are a little bit blurred there because, you know, he it's his twin sister. So yeah. And she's using some therapizing techniques on him. He just don't know. Yeah, and so it, it's just so romantic, though. I mean, they're just their chemistry is fantastic. Barbara Streisand, everything that you've heard about her from the seventies and on is that she is meticulous and she has her hands in everything. And I do think you can really tell in the movie. I just mm. think that it everything is set up and the, the wardrobes are just perfect. Just yeah, so people, good. People made fun of at the time the lighting on her. She mm. always is lit beautifully, and like her nails look amazing. Like, oh my god, her nails her look amazing. <laughs> that's, in my, that, that's in my drunken notes. She is occasionally lit like Miss Piggy. She is, <laughs> <laughs> and, and people kind of made fun of that of like, well, she's directing, so she can make herself look as great as possible. And it's like, sure, I wish that she directed something she wasn't in mm-hmm. to yeah. like prove the point. No, she's a good director. She hasn't directed that much. But but people yeah. I think people have like a knows grudge. what she's doing. She she gets made fun of a lot, I feel like. And so mm-hmm. I I mean, do you think that she's really has tr- historically gotten opportunities to direct things that she's not the star of and co-producing? Yeah, I don't, I don't I mean, know. Probably I don't think not. So. I don't think I, anyone's I think the, the story goes she's dating Don Johnson and he turns her onto this book and she kind of shepherds the project. Yeah. For as long as it takes to like the book to come out, which was years, I think years beforehand. And, mm, and, and, yeah. And she, Barbara Streisand doesn't even seem like someone who's kind of cast in a lot of anything. It's, it's, no, it's she pretty can be rare. Picky. Yeah. But it's, it's very romantic. It's very heartbreaking. And also, there's a fantastic dinner party scene. Like, if you want to see a <laughs> early 90s, richy, richy, yuppie dinner party, which, when I was a child, that's what I imagined my life was going to be, like, all the time. Like, going to these fancy dinner parties and, like, talking Ew. to, like, concert violinists. Not so much. But um, <laughs> n- 
mainly now I just like, you know, go over to Chris's house and cry on his couch while we watch movies. <laughs> Christmas movies. Sam, Sam and I uh, just sit on the couch and watch Christmas at Antifa's house. But, you know. I do like the line, apologize to your wife. Yeah. <laughs> right now. Uh, yeah. That's my Nick Nolte. Thank you. And also George Carlin in my favorite role I've ever seen him in. It's so weird. Like, why is he? Why is yeah, he? Great. He's does a no. I, I know. I know. Job. I know. It's just like like one of the few gay men on screen is played by George Carlin. So I think at this yeah. point, like, eh, maybe, and he's just like never. He's not on screen enough to like really do anything. It's yeah. fun seasoning. Yeah, yeah, it's I a fun know. thing, and it's also I also think it's fun. Uh, Barbara Streisand's son is played by her real son, yes. uh, Jason Gould, oh, whose I dad didn't is know that. whose mm-hmm. dad is Elliot Gould, and oh my God. um, he's grown up to be. He looks like a hot version of his mom, like a hot dude version of his mom. I mean, he's what? got the oh, he's got the Gould hair though. Oh my, hi, hello. <laughs> that is <laughs> sorry, a combo. distracted for a second there that by Semitic combo. beauty. Yes, that is hard to deny. It's mm. undeniable. Mm. Yeah, uh, this movie's not for me, but I, I, I every, everything you like about it is like why it's not a comfort watch. It's just I'm. No, I wouldn't call it a comfort watch. The music is <laughs> swelling so hard and loud, as if Captain mm-hmm. America is picking up Thor's hammer, but mm-hmm. all they're doing is walking next to a lake. It is so yes. romantic. It, yeah, I, I am it's laughing. Very romantic. I am it laughing very at it. Sentimental. <laughs> it does. I mean, if it weren't for that, it's like an exploration of trauma and like mm-hmm. how the damage trauma does to people. Then you, it would just be a straight up chick flick. Mm-hmm. But like, it has that little bit of not chick flickiness to it. Just a little. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. Generally, I guess we could probably call it. A chick I, flick. I think the only reason it's not a full on chick flick is Bar- Barbara Streisand's character is not the main character. It's yeah. Nick Nolte. Mm-hmm. And they they don't share co lead status. It is a movie about Nick Nolte and his family. Yep. And uh, we we do learn a little about Barbara's family, but not enough. Yeah, but well, it, but not we, not. We know that her shitty husband is cheating on her, and he's also gonna frame Doctor Richard Kimball for murder. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, everybody is cheating on everybody in this movie. That's a, that's, no, that's a... true. Like everybody's yeah. married and cheating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But and it all evens out at the end. Yeah. Just we. I I wanted to call this like a fun time capsule but this is not evocative of 1990s movies it's kind of yeah. a throwback so in that sense it was kind of refreshing it's not really like anything else we'll be wardrobe. watching yeah still angry at it over the the minor trauma but like that yeah <laughs> that i associated this movie with child rape for like minor trauma most of my life and figurative yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's uh Absolutely big trigger warning on that. So definitely. Uh, oh, and, and 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 it was just so talked about. I think I I my parents. I didn't watch it with my parents. I put it on because they rented it. But it was all over pop culture for a long time, and it just seems like a bizarre yeah. thing to reference in not necessarily kid stuff, but the critic. And I have a clip from The Simpsons because even The Simpsons has a giant Prince of Tides reference when Marge uh, Marge's fear of flying, which he is. Afraid to go on a plane and has to go see a therapist. She leaves her like this. Whenever the wind whistles through the leaves, I'll think Lowenstein. Lowenstein. My name is Zweig. Lowenstein. <laughs> <laughs> Great exit. That's funny. Prince of Tides, ladies and gentlemen. Prince of Tides. It's it's yep. the opposite of a hard watch. Except for when it is. Um, yeah. Uh, and then on TV, not much. Sports reruns. <laughs> No, but um, we have we have a three timer this week. Yeah, the Kennedy Center Honors. We're gonna have every segment. Usually, because of the way the weeks break out, like this week, they're gonna be on the twenty second. But 
or I mean, in 2021, they'll, they'll be on the 22nd. So they'll have already happened by the time you hear this. Uh, but in 1991, we have them. And the honorees are Roy Acuff, Betty Compton, and Aldolf Green, the Nicholas Brothers, Gregory Peck, and Robert Shaw, the conductor, not Quinn from Jaws. Uh, I was oh, a little disappointed, see, but I'm also confused because I'm like, wait, Robert Shaw died in like 78. What did they do? be a posthumous think? honor. No, they do. Yeah. They don't do those. You're gonna have to explain who all those people are, except for Gregory. <laughs> Please, because I okay, I do think this is the this is the but last for me. Like, I know exactly who every person is oh, that you just yeah. said, but you know, for other people, yeah, okay. I mean, but yeah. this this is definitely the last year anybody with the first name Adolf wins an American award. <laughs> I was just gonna <laughs> say the exact same thing. Like that, that's got to be the last of the Adolfs that we're gonna be honoring, right? Like, <laughs> last. last of the Adolfs is probably a good documentary. Let's find the last couple and interview them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Roy Acuff is a country western music legend. Betty Condon and Adolph Green were playwrights slash screenwriters. They wrote Singing in the Rain, The Bandwagon. Oh, you had me at Singing oh, in the Rain. On the Town. They originated on the town. Uh, so they knew how to structure a musical and they wrote great dialogue. The Nicholas Brothers were possibly the greatest tap dancing act of all time they are amazing please look up clips of the nicholas brothers i mean like their signature move was jumping from like seven feet up into splits it was Ooh. fucking ridiculous uh gregory peck you know and robert shaw i said he's a conductor not quinn gregory peck, yes. uh he was nick nolte at one point right sorry <laughs> put that sentence together poorly um he was in the movie it nick nolte remade nick nolte at one point yeah though, really? i feel like him today I had a little oh, too yeah. much last there you night. go you're, there's your connection gregory peck and god nick nolte play the same I character so yeah. nick nolte today god damn it but it's fun to do Nick Nolte impressions. Don't be embarrassed for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Shit. God damn it. <laughs> How did that guy? <laughs> Pretty good, honestly. It's it's more modern Nick Nolte, but man, when you if you hear him talk for a full interview, like, how are you still alive? It You use your voice for a living, and it sounds excruciating. For you, not for me. Ah, God damn <laughs> shit. <laughs> I'm... Vamping, because there are no games to speak of this week, so it'll be all Nick Nolte impressions okay. and, <laughs> in every game segment. And, but music, black or white, is still number one. And uh, Nick Nolte, what, what else is out this week? God damn, nothing, nothing out this week. <laughs> last, last week of the year, god, god damn it. Uh, yeah, what was no- it for the last week of the year where we have four movies mm-hmm. prince of tides and naked lunch are both criterion editions and daughters of the dust is the national registry and a criterion edition so wow. fuck you inner circle apparently <laughs> sorry it's inner circle counter programming and we'll close out the segment with it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday by boys to men it's number two on the charts this week that's the best we can do without without repeating ourselves yeah i guess so <laughs> i mean i feel like that we should have played that for New Year's Eve, but it's not hard to say goodbye to 2021. Yeah, we should. So, we, we, nope. sh- you should also. Pl- you should also yeah. play it when I die over a montage of footage of me. It's so. <laughs> it's the. That's perfect. what it's become. It is yeah. one of the most popular funeral songs in history. I I saw that as a a tidbit. It's up there with oh, my heart. Will go on. And then later on, they're gonna do a uh, duet with Mariah Carey. That is also another huge funeral song. I, I haven't been to enough funerals to totally corroborate this but i'm with i'm with you and it just because i'll never get another chance to say it i don't want to be at another wedding and see a montage of your photos with the i belong with you you belong with me yeah. song ever again that mm-hmm. people that's been done don't do that anymore yep and take us out boys to men but we'll be right back with 2001 i thought we get to the 
said it before, but here at the Laser Time Network, we consume a lot of content for quote-unquote research purposes, especially around the holidays. But there are times when it's nearly impossible to find a particular holiday special or movie that isn't available here in the U.S. for some reason. That's why we couldn't be happier that NordVPN provides an easy-to-use workaround. With just one click, we can access content from 59 different countries safely and securely so we can get the games, TV shows, and movies we need to do our jobs. That also means we can access international content as soon as it's available in other countries without having to wait for it to come to the States. Can you imagine if we had access to something like this back in the 80s and 90s with Japanese game releases? Oh, man. And if you're traveling out of the country for the holidays, rest assured NordVPN will help you ensure you never miss an episode of your favorite show as soon as it airs back home. Doing some holiday shopping? You can even find discounts on games, movies, TV shows, and streaming subscriptions by taking advantage of international sales and pricing. Speaking of sales, right now, NordVPN is offering a special holiday season deal for Laser Time listeners. Go to nordvpn.com slash lasertime and use the code lasertime to get 73% off your NordVPN plan plus a bonus gift. This offer will not last long, so go to nordvpn.com slash lasertime and use the code lasertime, that's one word lasertime, to get your bonus gift and up to 73% off. What are you waiting for? Do it! Hold up! What is going on there with your body hair? It's time to trim those trees. Groom Santa's beard. Deck the halls and shave the balls. Clean up Candy Cane Lane. Tidy up that elf on the shelf. Shovel some snow down below. In other words, it's time to trim the The hair down down there. Gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season with two Manscaped Holiday Bundles. The Manscaped Perfect Package 4.0 Luxury Grooming Gift Kit includes the following. The Lawnmower 4.0 with advanced skin-safe technology to reduce nicks and cuts. The Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant. Crop Reviver Ball Spray Toner to keep your precious groin ornaments as fresh as a newly cut Christmas tree. And the Magic Mat Disposable Shaving Mats. Not to be confused with this Magic Mat. Plus, the Perfect Package 4.0 includes two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, valued at $39.99, and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxers, valued at $19.99. And if you want to go big while making certain body parts look big, upgrade to the Performance Package 4.0, which includes everything from the Perfect Package 4.0, plus the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer with proprietary skin-safe technology. It'll help you whack those nasty little weeds in your delicate holes. Manscaped also offers tons of items that would make perfect stocking stuffers, like the Crop Mop Ball Wipes, the Foot Duster Foot Deodorant made to fight odors of the dirtiest feet, or the Refined Cologne, a clean and fresh scent designed for the refined gentleman. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code LASERTIME at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using the code LASERTIME. One word. It's time to join the Manscaped movement. This is Snow Joke. Say it loud and proud. Manscaped. Manscaped. Your balls will thank you.
gentlemen, with Hey Baby by No Doubt. One of my least favorite No Doubt songs. Me too. <laughs> and I had a pretty bad recital jazz piece to this song. <laughs> oh. Was uh. not a fun process and not great final product. It was not my choreography. There's, but so, there's so much stopping and starting in this song. How are you supposed to dance yeah. to it? I don't know. It was not good. Yeah, not a fan I of that. I remember some of the steps and I was like, what were we doing? I have no idea. I wish I could remember <laughs> what the costume looked like. Yeah. Welcome to 2001, everybody. That uh, Stefani song should have been evident. We are now talking about December 24th to the 30th, Christmas in two, in the year of 9-11. But to get us through music, new release Nick Nolte. What is out this week as well? God damn, not, nothing is out. God damn, wait. Nothing is out. You're right. Thank you, Nick. Nothing. Nothing. There's nothing. No new music week. this whole episode. Because <laughs> why would you? Yeah, I guess. Why? I, I always felt it's like Christmas. there was... Uh, pretty. There's got to be a good market for capitalizing on gift certificates that are coming out at Christmas, right? Yeah. yeah. We and had a couple of those last week. Holiday hours continue on the 26th, so why not release something that week? Come on. Leave something <laughs> in stores. How You Remind Me by Nickelback is still number one. It's still terrible. <laughs> Stop yesing this, Sarah. It's the, and... Times person of the year, once again, to remind you, uh, Elon Musk fans and haters, this is not necessarily a positive award. Rudy Giuliani is Times person of the year, even though things were pretty positive for Rudy uh, Rudolph back then. He's just leaving as mayor after his uh, extended stay. Mm-hmm. And yep. And then he spent the last five years in particular just really trying to destroy anything of legacy that he had. And I appreciate that. I, I'm only listen if you listen to New Yorkers and like post 9-11 was the only time he was not like this. Uh, he has <laughs> always been like this. Mm, uh, an attention yeah. whore, lots of cross-dressing on television and putting on lady accents because he thinks it's hilarious. He's always been a weird, atten- weird little attention whore. And Rudy Giuliani might be my person of last year for like... Dude, you farted on microphone and your hair melted on camera. Dude, you were farted on microphone, your hair melted on camera. You brought the girl that no one wants to talk to at a party to testify about something. And then you couldn't figure out which four seasons you booked. So you booked the one between and the crematorium and the dildo store. And you were in Borat. And you were in Borat. You were in Borat. And your pants really, really awesome. Like I said before, he's... Tucking in his shirt in that footage, if you tuck in your shirt under your balls. Because <laughs> that's where his hand was. Maybe it was a unitard. You don't know. That's where oh, you would yeah. I do wonder about Four Seasons total landscaping in Philadelphia. Like, I really hope they've gotten much more business from this. And like, do people, people must be stopping by still Dude, to see that parking lot. They need to make shirts. I would buy a t-shirt. And I was, not to, not to, I was over at Sam and Sarah's house and their Google photo montage was happening. And there was a picture of the Four Seasons <laughs> landscaping company and Rudy in front of it because of how fucking funny that it was. was. one of our highlights of this. <laughs> oh, it was good times. Oh my God, Rudy Giuliani. Good times. We should have him on this show. Sure. Sounds like if he's enough of a whore, we probably could get him. Yeah. Probably could. Yeah. <laughs> Movies of 2001, December 24th to the 30th of 2001. Don't have the 31st in here. Fellowship of the Ring is still number one at the box office, and that feels just right to me. Yes. Oh, sure does. You know, I actually called my mom today. Like, what's going on? She's like, well, daddy's watching Lord of the Rings again for the third time all the way through. <laughs> like, he's just been watching them, like, consecutively, like, going through the three and then watching The Hobbit and then turning back around and starting at one again. Like, 
That's adorable. She was like, I don't know. I think he's going through a thing. I was like, Mom, we're all going through a thing, okay? The Fellowship mm-hmm. of the Ring is actually the perfect thing to be watching right now for all the reasons we said. Yeah. Yep. Bravery. Glad hanging no- out in your hobbit hole by yourself. Eating a lot of breakfast. Glad no mm-hmm. one's here to see me bawling my eyes out to It's a Wonderful Life. The funny scenes. Um, like Not <laughs> even the end. True. Like It's very strange. I don't know what's happening to me either. Yeah, uh, we're all going through it. I think yep. I, I was I was also crying at the idea of having to see our next movie. <laughs> uh, I I tried to sack up and do it, and guys, no, you're I not going to make me watch the rom com. I can't. I, I tried to jump on these grenades. I tried to have an open mind, and this was mm. just not the week. I had new stuff to watch. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I have that. to agree. Usually, I'm the one that can come in on the clutch here and take one for the team and watch it, and I also could not bring myself to do it either i never really liked the concept of this one it's pretty dumb but it is also hugh jackman for at least from an american's perspective was sort of plucked out of obscurity to play wolverine yeah and Mm -hmm. i think this is the first like starring movie i see him in after being wolverine well no he was in that um one that we watched with ashley judd and greg kinnear Oh, right. Okay. It was also pretty terrible. It had a really generic title, and now I yeah. can't remember it. Yeah, it's like three words like, just too much, or <laughs> like, <laughs> or like. He's so you. <laughs> <laughs> or like, kiss, don't tell. <laughs> <laughs> but at least this, this, is, this is the time travel one, right? His, yep. Kate and Leopold. Uh, Breckenmeyer, Leah Shriver, Hugh Jackman, and Meg Ryan, and Kate and Leopold. A duke from the 19th century. A woman from the 21st. Do we have to do this? I think, <laughs> I think that explains. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of done. I think that explains. Well, part of it, too, <laughs> this is, is happening. That, no, I have not watched this, but I have always disliked this idea of, like, oh, chivalry is dead. It's like, yeah. y'all, you don't want chivalry really to come back it was not great no also oh we forgot to mention swordfish we did have swordfish swordfish my bad but i looked up you know the generic movie title Mm -hmm. someone like you someone like you (laughs) you were so close it was so just i I don't know i had one of the words I had one yeah. of the words, Kate and so, Leopold. Like, yeah, Kate and Leopold. He, he is, yeah, from like eighteen seventy something, and his descendant Liv Schreiber like accidentally creates a portal and he falls through it, and then he romances his great 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 grandson's ex girlfriend Meg Ryan, and yeah. You're telling me in this movie, Wolverine and his brother are related again? Now are. I'm now I'm interested again. Whoa. Now I'm interested again. Are you ready for this, though? Guess mm. who directed it? <laughs> who? He's Mangold. <laughs> who directed Logan oh, and the Wolverine? What, the fuck? what? How did that happen? I know. <laughs> Overqualified. This is just follow-up to Girl Interrupted. I don't understand. What? Is it just a payday? It better it just see, be a payday. Like, seems also, like seems a... like. Oh, my God. One of the writers is named Steven Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> it's all connected. It's all MCU, baby. You can write this all uh, day. <laughs> yeah. I... Uh, I, I don't know why James Mangold took this job. It just seems beneath him wow. already. I mean, Girl Interrupted is like a serious-ass movie. And I'm just guessing Payday is just like, you know how to work I a mean, camera, right? Would it, you like money? It, if you didn't see that spot like I did, it had the Miramax logo on it, so it has 
uh, Weinstein fuckery all over it. Uh, Probably leveraging it to make him do something else. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, yeah, but he's he's scared and confused by your modern world. And, <laughs> <laughs> no, mostly he likes it. He thinks it's great. I guess, I mean, I'm just, I, I read the synopsis. I watched some clips. But like, I guess he thinks it's adorable that women work now. And, oh, oh, men are, he's so chivalrous. And it's like, yeah, no, I don't want to go back to that I like um, being treated as someone with a brain in my head who is fully capable of opening my own car doors. I just want to go back nice to the... to open a car door for me, but overall, I would prefer not to have a 20% maternal death rate. So, exactly. yeah, I like now. I would yeah. like to go back to a time where I could have my wife murdered if she doesn't sire me a son! <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what's fun? Inheriting money on your own. Yeah. Or you know what? Having a credit card. Pretty cool. <laughs> uh, not a yep. Fan. Being able to sign legal documents. Mm -hmm. Like checks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Although, at no point in my life has a man slapped another man in the face with a pair of gloves over my honor. And that I would like to see. Okay, yeah, that would actually be pretty cool. I'd be kind of into that. I feel yeah. like I've done the equivalent for you at some, at some point. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I, I think no. I think the farthest I want to go with that is I want a guy to be like, "Hey, the lady said she's not interested." <laughs> Ooh. Because that means I've already said, and this asshole won't listen to a woman. And now That's a guy true. comes in just to back me up. Okay, real quick. When yeah. I just said a man slapping another man in the face with gloves, that immediately brought to mind a clip from a movie where that is happening, but instead the man picks up this like giant metal hand that comes off of like a coat of armor. Shit. What is that? Robin Hood Men in Tights, maybe? I... Yes, okay. I think it is. Yes, I yeah. think that's right. Woo! That was going to bother me. Thank you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Kate and Leopold, it was popular, and I'm sure girls thought it was really romantic and whatever. Yeah, I was shocked to see that but, it wasn't a massive bomb. And not a lot of critics liked it, but not a totally massive bomb. This movie somehow the made money. The next movie made money. Not really. It got Oscar nominations. It got Oscar nominations. Critics really liked it, and people did not show up at the numbers they needed to. Which well, I'm kind of shocked because this seems like a, a this seems I, like a dude movie par excellence. I it really speaking does. on behalf of the target audience, I think you waited too long to make a movie about this person, and not all of us have a context for how big and I know how big Muhammad Ali is, a big a character. But like by the time I was born, he was in his latter day charity talk show circuit. Like the part of his career that defined him was so done. So, yeah. like, how am I expected to, like, care about this? This movie should have been made, like, 15 years ago. And it was in development hell for quite a while. Even when with with Will Smith attached. Even with Ron Silver attached. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey Wright, Rest Mario Van Peebles, John Voight, Jamie Foxx, Will Smith, Ali. On Christmas Day. The champ is here! Think you're acting like the people's champion. All the ladies out there, they know. <laughs> I ain't got to be what nobody else want me to be. And I ain't afraid to be what I want to be. This film is not yet rated. Oh. <laughs> you think Muhammad Ali would have approved of Moby being used <laughs> in his trailer music? Well, I mean, he was, he's still around oh, right. at this point. He's still well, around. No, I, I remember saying that when he died, because like both him and Jerry Lewis, like, you outlived the generation that would have mourned you. 
and those are like two of the biggest influential people in the universe, but they live too long. Uh, sorry, not to harp on that. Ali, like I love Ali documentaries. I love I, I, One Night in Miami. Didn't we see that movie last year? Oh no, great. I never got around to it. I still great, have to. Great film. Uh, Ali is was intentionally bigger than life. I believe most wrestlers base their pattern and their talk off mm, of Ali. That makes a lot of sense. Yes, actually. because because talking that much shit gets people excited over the idea of someone beating your ass. Mm-hmm. And with Ali, that didn't happen for a while. So it was like pretty interesting. This movie, yeah. I just don't know how to call I don't know. Is it, is it good, Diana? It's so biopic it's very biopicy. Luckily, they don't try to cover the whole life, thank mm-hmm. fuck. But they do. They cover the most important part, which is about sixty-four to seventy-four, up through the rumble in the jungle. Mm-hmm. But that also means like his conversion to Islam, his refusal to fight in Vietnam. I mean, there's a, you know, a lot of stuff packed in there. I think it's really well made. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Michael Mann does a great job. It is a very Michael Mann movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which means like you can keep it generally keeps the energy up, keeps things going, but also delve into some of the personal stuff. I think Will Smith does a really good job. The fight scenes they do a really good job. It's like, but with someone who's so larger than life. I mean, they don't go as over the top as I was expecting because hmm. it's you can parody Muhammad Ali because yeah. it's so big. Overall, I think they do a pretty good job. I still feel like, although the 10 years is maybe still too much to cover because there's so much going on. You know, if they just did one thing, maybe it better. I always have to shout out When We Were Kings, which is just an amazing documentary. Yeah. It's just about one fight. That's it. That's probably the way you should do this because yeah. there's just what? too much to cover. And what, yeah. Oh, and uh, sorry. I'm just, for some reason, I watched that HBO George Foreman movie where he's played by Malcolm Jamal Warner. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've seen that dozens of times, but not this. Please tell me it covers the grill substantially. <laughs> no, questions. it's pre grill. It's, uh, it's sadly I'm not pre grill. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, overall, like, if, well, that, obviously, if you like boxing movies, you know, it, it does right by them, mm-hmm. by boxing movies and by Ali, but. It, you know, basically, if you need a primer on the guy to understand why he's important, why he's interesting, yeah, you, you could do a lot worse. There was that HBO movie about his fight against the draft a couple of years ago that I heard was, like, actually pretty bad. Oh. Yeah. A documentary or a movie? No, movie, movie. Yeah. And, and One Night in Miami is essentially about a bunch of prolific black icons meeting in a room as Muhammad Ali is about to announce his new name to everybody. Oh, and that's that's the I know it's partially fictitious, but uh, yeah, very interesting in a, in a just a wonderful, interesting character. And, and what I don't honestly know is how different he was off camera because he was pretty committed to playing this character and like being mm-hmm. a larger than life media figure. And Will mm-hmm. Smith, I think I don't know who else you cast other than Will Smith to do this. That's it's pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. And like I think I think he gets it, mm-hmm. you know. I, I think he he gets to the heart of the public persona real well, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's just it's okay. It's worth watching. Like I said, Wikipedia version of what makes Ollie important. <laughs> okay, yeah. Look, biopics are hard. Biopics are incredibly hard. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think most of the time when we've covered a biopic on this show, or even just talked about them on, off to the side, it's fine. Is generally what we end up saying about it. Yeah. You know, there's a yeah. few that are like, wow, that was fantastic. Yeah. 
beyond the like, well, what this, is this going to teach me who Ali was and what's important about him? Mm. Yeah, it's just a well-made boxing movie still. So yeah, got some good characters in it. Mm. I think it's, uh, I mean, a lot of historical cam- people come in. John Voight as Howard Cosell is actually really good. <laughs> Uh, oh. LeVar Burton as Martin Luther King. Yes. Okay. That's great. Let's make that, that movie actually. That might be butterfly worse. in the sky. I, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I won't do anymore. I won't do anymore. <laughs> yeah. That, that alone might be worth the price of admission, except he's not around as much as you want him to be. But okay. That's anyway. the sequel that I want. Yeah. Spin off, if you will. All right. So, yeah. Ali, Will Smith. That's good. Speaking of good, Kennedy Center <laughs> As we move into yes. television, this, that would qualify as good. Getting a Kennedy Center, yeah, a bunch, of good, eggs yeah, bunch of good eggs. Die, you know, who are this? Who's this crop of people? I've never heard. All of right, them. well, Julie Andrews, mm-hmm. yes, you've heard of. Okay, Van Cliburn is one of the greatest classical pianists of all time. Classical what? Pianists. Mm, it's a good episode. It's a good episode this week. <laughs> uh, Quincy Jones is a musical genius. Jack Nicholson is an acting genius. Luciano Pavarotti is an opera genius. So. Wow, and and most That's, of those people. And are... I want to go to that dinner. <laughs> sure. This weekend. I mean, pretty much any dinner with any one of these people. But I mean, just musically, this dinner is off the chain, dude. Yeah, imagine, imagine and going. Then Jack to... Nicholson's there. So. <laughs> <laughs> but the story, Quincy Jones, just like offhandedly told reporters, like. Yeah, Marlon Brando fucked Richard Pryor all the time. Like, yeah, what? What yeah. the fuck stories are you keeping secret? Let me. Q oh, he knows. Letting it out. This is he the real Q. No. The real Q that's really spilling <laughs> all the Q is here. Quincy Jones. Listen I can't believe we broke Quincy. that on the show. More, more stories. Oh my god. I think his daughters went to talk to him after that. Like Rashida Jones was like, "Dude, <laughs> what are you doing?" And he's like, "What the fuck do I care? They're both dead. I'll I, say what I want." I know you know who shot JFK. Just stop telling Rolling Stone. Stop, stop. <laughs> Once again for video games of 2001, December 24th to the 30th. I got to turn to new release Nick Nolte. What's out this week? God damn, nothing. <laughs> Thank you, new release Nick Nolte. Nothing, there's nothing out this week. Uh, that it, hopefully a deeper dive will reveal. Uh, we're going to try and get you a couple more of these these fun, silly game, casual game episodes, the Video Game Apocalypse Boys over at patreon.com slash laser time over the break. Like, let's close out 2001, everyone. I guess we have to. But we have one more day of it to cover. One more day of 2001 one to cover. <laughs> Well, we just had Hugh Jackman. I had to. Uh, wherever <laughs> I you will, it a lot. We will close out with uh, wherever you will go by the calling. It's on the charts this week, but stay I right there. A romantic song. Is it? I actually really like this song too. Okay, I don't, I've never heard of it. Yeah, no, you definitely you have. have. You it's it's have. also been in a bunch of like rom com commercials and stuff. Mm. I, it's one of those where I probably liked it at first. I'm just sick of it. I've yeah. heard this song a hundred thousand times. I haven't heard it in a while. So when I does when it does pop up. I appreciate it. And it's also on the Love Actually soundtrack. Uh, Oh, then I've definitely heard it. (laughs) Yeah. Let's close out with uh, The Calling, but then we'll be right back with one more segment before we the final day of 20. (laughs) Never mind. We'll be right back. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? 
then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. No, we're just out of a screening of Spider-Man No Way Home, and I'm here with the most knowledgeable man I know in the field of all things Spider-Man, Chris Baker. How you doing, buddy? Uh, you're too kind. Thank you, Chris. I couldn't get tickets at all for the Thursday screening. As the Spider-Man tickets sold out real fast, crashed AMC's website. And I asked around, does anybody want to see Spider-Man at 1 p.m. on Friday? Because <laughs> it's like, I'm not dodging spoilers again. I'm just not. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i go with you again right. on Saturday, whenever you can do it. But I'm going to experience this fresh. Super important to me. And I'm, I like that the hype for this movie was like through the roof. But when I saw Endgame... I think it, I was talking to you about it. Like, I didn't... The trailer only showed, like, the first 40 minutes of the movie. I had no no idea what oh, yeah, Endgame yeah. was even going like, to be about. Time travel and all that was, like, completely left right. out of the... I, I, yeah. I, I read your, your movie sites and all that stuff, but I'm really good at avoiding spoilers. But, like, dude, the Spider-Man stuff just crept over into everything. And when I finally walked out of the movie, I'm like... Yeah, other than the post-credits scene, like, that, all of that. All of that was spoiled for me, like naturally on Facebook. Man, they broke through. I got hit by every spoiler. It was still, it, you need to see it, even if it's been spoiled. Certain details have been spoiled for you. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on patreon.com slash laser time. the ships at sea it's time for diana's classic corner we go even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching and for the week oh december 24th through 30th almost rounding out the year i think this might be our final movie of the what turned out to be an amazing movie year of 1981 40 years ago this week december 24th 1981 in its native australia saw the release of mad max 2 road warrior one of the best action movies ever made I love the Mad Max movies, even the weird parts of Beyond Thunderdome. O- only Fury Road, I think, comes close to just the magnificent motorized chaos of Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior. I don't even know if I have to explain it to you, but uh, society is broken down. There are crazy motorized gangs of murderers running around, and they just want gasoline so they can keep running around some more. I don't know why they're dressed for S&M out in the desert i think you'd get really bad sunburns but okay and you know uh it basically devolves into a big standoff between these folks that are just sort of huddled around this one little refinery thing and the scary gang around them and mad max comes into the middle of it so it's kind of yojimbo actually and you know i never really thought about it that way but absolutely just i mean gorgeous scenery beautiful cinematography by dean semler makes the desert look very very deserty I do not want to go to there, but the basis of so much of our like idea of post-apocalyptic cinema really comes straight out of this movie because there were a million ripoffs of it afterwards, but the original's totally the best. Just the level of destruction and stunts they're doing is just insane. So yeah, Mad Max 2, aka The Road Warrior. One of the first DVDs I got, and that was so early in DVDs that it like doesn't even have a menu. It's just, here is a movie. I think now they probably have a 4K out. I'm sure it's on Blu-ray. It is on HBO. 
streaming so you can watch it. Crank it up loud. It's fun for the whole family. If your family's into bondage gear, I guess. Anyway, that's it for this week. Happy New Year. Stay classic. Mama knew I was a needle in a haystack. Oh, Holly boy, plus way back. I got a feeling it's a rap. Hey, Sam. Oh, sometimes I get a good feeling. Yeah. Coming into 2011 with uh, Flo Rida, good feeling. It's on the charts this week. Welcome to the final segment of 30 2010. 2011, December 24th through the 30th. Going to retire new release Nick Nolte for this. God damn it. God damn it. Okay, we're good. Goddamn nothing is out this week is what Nick Nolte was trying to say as far as new releases go. And We Found Love by Rihanna featuring Calvin Harris is still number one. 2011 News. Oh, I have an update from the land of 2021, though. Oh. Uh, thanks to a bunch of people who sent this in when I said the most lopsided NBA game of all time last week for 1991. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out December 6th of this year beat it. Really? Uh, Grizzlies 152, OKC Thunder 79. Is wow. That, is that a collage game? No. No? No, that's an actual NBA game. Memphis versus uh, Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City has a basketball team? Well, allegedly. I really am I'm so out of the loop on this. Oh, my God. Guess what? Time person of the year is kind of vague. The protester. Ah. The protester. Ooh. Arab Spring. Occupy Wall Street. Tea Party. Dissent is in the air. You can pick whatever flavor you want. So the protester is time's person of the year. Guys, I think that's a little bit of a cop out, but okay. Well, yeah. Arab the, Spring in particular is kind of a big the deal. The protester. Yeah. Like the same way I'm not, I refuse to subscribe to Apple TV because they cordoned off Charlie Brown Christmas. Am I the protester? Come on. In your yeah. own way. Come on. Yes. I also attend real protests, but yes. <laughs> Times first of the year. Congratulations, millions of you. <laughs> yeah. I'm putting it on my resume. Yeah. <laughs> You've been time person of the year twice because of the year that it was you. Oh, right. right. I remember that. And what? it had a what? mirror on the front. Yep. What the hell? Were they just hung over that day when they had yes. to pick it? And they were like, fuck, let's just say I, you, I, I guess? I briefly worked in magazines. So was in on that conversation like, dude, when you put something shiny on the cover, that shit sells like double. But it's like double the price. So we got to be selective on when we do it. So I bet that's what the conversation was like. We're going to get some mirror laminate on the cover. This is going to move so many copies. So many copies. We're all just crows, aren't we? Yeah. Looking for shiny things and remembering grudges. <laughs> <laughs> and shitting where we like. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, I, I tend to like to do it in this segment of the show. Just kidding. Yes, Re- we have a little bit of good news. Reminds me of Scrooge McDuck. Doctor Who. The 10th Doctor, David Tennant, marries Georgia Moffat, daughter of the 5th Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. And still together? Question they mark. They are still together. So happy tenth anniversary! Wow. To Mr. Like, and Mrs. David Tennant. This feels like a different version of the Kate and Leopold situation. <laughs> <laughs> Traveling through time to marry your ancestors. Yeah. I forget. See, we all should have watched that movie. Oh boy. Yeah. Mission Impossible: Ghost Pro is still number one at the box office, and I'm thinking of sh- my dad's never seen it. And I'm thinking of showing it to him over the Christmas break. Great movie to show over Christmas break. Yeah. We said that. That's just a crowd pleaser. Everyone's going to enjoy it. Yep. 
And there's some... And also, please, if you do show it to your parents, I would like you to use the proper name Mishpas Mishpas. Make it happen. You gotta spread this throughout the land. We've never been able to do anything influency in the history of this show, so let that be the legacy. Let's do it. Mishpas. Miss Miss Posh. (laughs) (laughs) One of the hardest things to say. Other movies out this week. Marsha Dietlin, Carrie Bish, Caitlin Fitz, uh, Fitzgerald, and Sarah's favorite, Edward Burns. <laughs> Newlyweds is out this week. Yeah, Newlyweds. We another Edward Burns joint, which sounds like it starts out a lot like young adult, mm-hmm. where like Edward Burns and his wife, they're just newly married, and then his sister shows up and is like, I'm going to get with my old boyfriend. And her old boyfriend's like, I'm married and I have a kid on the way. And she's like, don't care. I am a troublemaker. <laughs> oh, rascal. And then, like, then there's other romantic entanglements and people feeling cheaty and then people feeling betrayed. And it's all handled deftly and lightly in that. In an um, Bur- Edward Burns joint? That's so I know. A- attractive urban white people and their low stakes problems. Yeah. yeah I just got to do what I know. You know, it's just. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's unproblematic Woody Allen. <laughs> I saw yeah. that. Imp- Bill Hader does a great Ed Burns <laughs> impression. That's pretty much it. Falsetto. It's wonderful. Yeah, that's uh, another one. He's like, oh, barely got released, but the critics reviews are all solid. And I'm like, I'll file that away and then probably never get to it. Yeah. Speak- Strangely enough, I've seen the next movie. Which How? Is awful. On, was it on an accident during Oscar time? Is no. Is about uh, Winston Churchill? No. No. <laughs> no. This is the darkest hour, which okay. is about an alien invasion in Moscow. Man. As opposed to Doc- Darkest Hour, which is about a uh, Nazi invasion of Moscow. <laughs> so I guess they're kind of related. Yeah, but um, we also... Joel Kinnaman, Rachel Taylor, uh, Max Minghella, Hold Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me, Olivia Thrillby, I forget what I said, <laughs> and Emile Hirsch in The Darkest Hour. Uh, yeah, I think I watched this on a bad movie Sunday, and it's like I had one image of it like in my head, and I was like, was that from Skyline? There was some like budget movie about an alien invasion and then like i'm reading through like the the summary i'm like oh it's from this this is the one where there's a russian guy who's like made a vest made of keys and turned his house into a faraday cage because these invisible aliens can find us based on our like electrical signals Hmm. man yeah and it's from it's it's from uh that director who it was you think he directed night watch which became like i think it outgrossed lord of the rings over there but mm-hmm. if you ever saw what's his name, Tim? I can't pronounce it. Is it Timur Bekmambetov? Timur Bekmambetov. Yeah, very yeah. long last name, but like was seemingly like the next big thing for a while. But I think had a rough go of it in Hurleywood. He, he directed like Vampire Hunter Abe Lincoln or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he did. Yeah, but like Nightwatch was not a bad movie. It was a sincere good film about transmorphing vampires. But yeah, I, yeah. I, no, I I appreciate that he's like producing a lot of like younger european filmmakers like yeah let's just let's just try it you know horror is a good place to start yeah. you know because you get a lot of bang for your buck and you don't have to make your characters very complicated and yeah this is just generally kind of dumb yeah sometimes funny dumb like fun but yeah just i mean i do appreciate because we always see aliens only attacking world capitals but we only see them ever attacking like la new york and paris it's like yeah Let's see them attack Moscow. They're not going to put up with that shit. Or maybe they'll just be like, I guess this is it, everybody. Let's die. <laughs> Smoke them if you got them. On, and a bigger movie news. Look at this cast. Whoa. J.B. Smooth, Peter Rieger, Carla Gallo, Angus McFadden, 
Stephanie Sostak, sure. Colin Ford, John Michael Higgins, L. Fanning, uh, Patrick Fugit, Thomas Hayden Church, Scarlett Johansson, and Maddie Maddie Day Day, Matt Damon. We bought a zoo. This is exactly what we've been looking for. It's a bit complicated. What's so complicated? It's a zoo. Yay! We need somebody who can really take charge of this place or else we and all these animals are gone. Am I doing anything right? Sometimes all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage and something great will come of it. You coming? <laughs> Wait, gotta say it. There you go. Uh, Cameron Crowe joins. Um, oh, really? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes, based on yeah. a based on a book about a. Mm-hmm. Is it a real thing that happened? Yeah. Yep. Based on a real thing that happened uh, in England. Hmm. Yeah. So we're back to Cameron Crowe after being bitchy at Vanilla Sky, and we get to be bitchy at this one because the sentiment is thick. <laughs> I watched this. I remember a couple of years ago, and I cannot remember a frame of this movie mm-hmm. but i know i've seen it mm-hmm. it yeah. is forgettable yeah exactly i mean it's just I, I don't know you know it's a family with a dead mom and you know the older son is like being kind of snotty and then they buy this house that comes with this zoo that's closed and they're like we're gonna reopen the zoo come on everyone let's put on a show and we're gonna work out our family problems together by just hugging a lot and cleaning up zebra poops matt damon is the tiger king yeah that's the other thing it's like after having watched tiger king about private zoos i uh, no (laughs) and and watching tiger king too which is really just all about anger i feel to- which i couldn't finish but it's all about the anger i feel towards private zoos so i have to imagine that would color a 10 years later screening of this film yeah. like wow how irresponsible what a cruel thing to do to these animals it's like oh and they show they have like this big old staff and they all they work so hard and they're so clean cut and they, they really care about these animals ah what's, how did you accidentally buy a zoo i don't know <laughs> it just comes with the land it's like well that sounds like a zoning problem to me yeah. That sounds like you an animal. You can't anim- just be a zookeeper. Like, there's science you have to take. <laughs> you would think. And then there's this little state called Florida. This isn't mm. a Richard Scary book. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't just <laughs> do that. It's a real job. This did not get great reviews. And I no. remember being kind of like, oh, I'm not, I, I don't sit up at attention anymore when Cameron Crowe's name is on something. God, I loved oh, Almost it's Famous. Just like- like it's so it's pleasant. It's formulaic. There's not going to be as many surprises. There'll be charming stuff going on. The musical kick ass. It's probably a Billy Wilder <laughs> reference in there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's fine. Whatever. I mean, it's one of those filmmakers, and we're about to talk about another filmmaker. It's like I've never seen them make an actually awful movie. Right. Every movie they make has something good in it. Mm-hmm. Just sometimes the whole thing, the whole package, does not work for me. Yeah. And that is very true of We Bought a Zoo, and it is very true of the other animal film we are about to talk about, directed by a great director. Yeah, uh, another another movie with an incredibly specific title. What's this about? Look <laughs> at the title. Office Christmas Party. Bad Grandpa. We also have War Horse. War Horse. <laughs> uh, Tom Hiddleston, Benedict Cumberbatch, Peter Milan, David Thwellis, Emily Watson, Jeremy Irvine, War Horse. England is at war! I promise you man to man that I'll look after him. And if I can, I'll return him to your care. Wherever you are, I will find you. And I will bring you home. 
and there's pretty images of horses. Horses, riding <laughs> horses. You know, I... Very visual. Very visual. Sometimes when you're watching a movie for, let's call this a job, because you know it is, there's work involved. I was very bored by this. Hmm. Yeah, I have always... This is not a movie that I'm like, oh, I just didn't get around to it. I refuse to watch this movie. Okay. <laughs> I do not want to see a horse in a war. Yeah. Like, it just... Sarah's not just... She's not, anti, not just anti-war. She's anti-horse. Let's, no. <laughs> I love horses, and I respect them from a distance. I'll pet their nose, but I'm never riding one ever again. Mm-hmm. Nothing bad happened to me. I just don't like it. Uh, <laughs> I still like riding horses. It's fine. I respect yeah. it. I just like, and I know that the horse doesn't die in this movie, spoiler alert, but I also just like. But eight million other horses died in World War exactly. One. Exactly. Not eight to mention million? the horses that eight survived. Eight million. It had like PTSD. Like, I mean, the humans also had PTSD, but like the horses. I just don't want it to go through and like see a bunch of like scary stuff and be scared. And I feel like that's a lot of what this movie is going to be. I just yep. don't need that in my life. Yep. So, I mean, let's talk about some nice things. Well, no. I guess let's talk about the plot. Then I'll talk about nice things. Uh, it's about a guy, kid in the British countryside. He raises his horse on their impoverished farm. World War One happens. They have to sell the horse or he gets requisitioned. I forget. And then it's about the horse's adventures on the continent during World War One. Then eventually the kid finally grows up enough to join the army and then he's in the army during world war one and then they're they're parallel stories until they come together and they have a sweet reunion and they're happy so yeah directed by steven spielberg it's for a guy who seems like he's covered world war ii a lot hadn't covered world war one and are the battle scenes appropriately gorgeous slash horrific oh fuck yes yeah they're terrifying um because world war one was just a giant meat grinder full of dead horses and <laughs> um it's, it's yeah, it's based I mean, on there's a, a lot of dramatic shit. It's based on a book that was then a play. That's based on a the play. Horse, the horse is this really cool puppet made of leather straps. Yes, and yes. I think that's yes. what I remember reading about it. The play, the you know, its big feature was the horse character, and that's why people are like you will not believe what they do with this horse character. That's not as interesting a prospect when you put it in a film. Also, hmm. do not confuse this play with Equus. No. <laughs> no one's getting naked with these horses. Well, very not gonna, different. Not going to see Daniel Radcliffe's dong in this one? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. no. Sad. Very no. sad. No. Um, so, I mean, just like as as a story, like mm-hmm. going through all the different horrors of World War One, like you could watch 1917 and it covers a lot of the right. same ground really, really well as you journey around with a couple guys as opposed to journeying around with yes, horses. Yes, and it's almost the same concept. Follow this. Yeah. Follow this uh, cipher, and right. we'll, we'll elaborate details of New World War One. But like, why do we have to follow an animal who can't <laughs> like reason or really understand what's going on? Besides, like scary loud noises and fire coming at it, probably. Mm-hmm. Like, eh. Well, I mean, I guess s- some of the interesting thing is that the horse ends up fighting for both sides because <laughs> the horse, <laughs> because he's a horse and he, he has no loyalties. So I want horse. this horse court martialed. <laughs> He gets captured by, he's fighting for the British, then he gets captured by the Germans, and he's working for them, and then he's working for this, like, girl on a French farm for a while, and so he's, like, bouncing around, you know, showing us all the different sides of uh, World War One being so fucking terrible. So, I mean, there you kind of get something new out of that, and that you get 
all these different perspectives on World War One. Guess what? It sucked. It sucked. It was horrible. You should not be sending horses into it. That's like number one, your problem. Don't do cavalry charges on horses at fucking machine guns. Oh, God. Smells God like damn a, it. Smells like a glue factory out here. So, yeah, like, I don't, I don't really like it. I don't care for it that much. I know uh, our review 10 years ago when we did Oscar time mm -hmm. was Warhorse, nay. <laughs> and I, I can't take credit. That was Chris's. That was yours, Chris. I, I was going to say, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> yep. I remember that. Oh, my God. I am sorry if I blew everyone's speakers. That was a delight. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. But, I remember yeah. that when I do another Nick Nolte impression. <laughs> but, but it's still like, well, is is it bad? No, it's not bad. Yeah, it just it, didn't work for me. It just felt like a little like Prince of Tides. Like, uh, this isn't in my wheelhouse, but it's not offensive. It's not. It's mm. not like deliberately bad. And I didn't finish it. It was. This has been on my list for a long time. I, I got to say, after uh, the talk about Tintin, I, I even looked it up. This has been one of our bigger Spielberg droughts. Like. Spielberg's been making movies my whole life and typically doesn't wait more than a few years to make something. And when you, when I say Ready Player One was his last movie, that feels like an eternity ago. Yeah. And, but it was only three or so years. But like we have been without a Spielberg movie for a while. So I was ready to like this and I was very bored. But I'm not, uh, I'm not a big horse person. Yeah. In, in that okay. I got, <laughs> I always, my sister loved movies with horses, and I dated some other women who loved movies with horses. But like, I was spoiled. I grew up with a woman across the street that had a horse. I grew up. My uncle married a woman who owned farmland. I grew up. I know how to hang out with horses and saddle horses and ride a horse. It is bow ring to me. It is not yeah. romantic or interesting. They are sentient motorcycles that barely like you, and. <laughs> and, and, and or, or or big dogs, big dogs, mm. and and but they, yep. I've been kicked by one, so I'm like have a healthy Ooh. respect for horses. Ooh. I don't I don't fuck yeah. around with them. I uh, will say the Spielberg drought is over. West Side Story is fantastic. Oh man! Oh, I'm going, I'm going to good. that tomorrow. It is good. It is, you saw it? I I, yeah, I did. Oh, I really like all. They've made some little updates, little changes here and there, and mm -hmm. they all fucking work. I think oh it's a, I think it's an improvement. I'm so glad and because maybe it's my Ansel Egglort overall just not distaste, but I just don't like him very much. Yeah. I was a little bit concerned about that and the trailers didn't really do it for me. So I'm so happy to hear that. Dude, as a dance fan, yeah. you're gonna fucking love it. Woo! The dancing so is ridiculous. I I don't think I've ever heard a modern day partial review from Diana, so I'm gonna allow this on thirty twenty ten. Well, I haven't I'm, been to the movies. I know for the last two years <laughs> because I'm going to be the last one alive in this fucking planet. Oh, man. Well, you know, at the movies in here, heartbreak feels good. Did you Nicole Kidman me? Like that's, I haven't been in the movies <laughs> in forever either, but God damn it. That was excruciating. Like what happened to film me? Who used to tell I... me to go buy a Coke. Nicole Kidman's going to tell me about emotions. <laughs> I love it. I'm not going to mm -mm. lie. Every time. Every her sparkle suit that she's wearing with the sparkle <laughs> pinstripes. Nobody wears heels like that to the movie theater. Mm -mm. Come on. I mean, Nicole Kidman's whole look she for the last the, the last few eyes. years, yes, has been someone like, "Are you really dead?" 
the, 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 <laughs> you, she walks around with like an angelic quality. I'm not like it's talking true. about her physical like, appearance. Mm. She's otherworldly. In a yes, lot of she ways. seems otherworldly. I wouldn't be surprised if she's been dead this whole time. Mm. Uh, <laughs> well, I I'll, I was going to watch Being the Ricardos tonight, so I can fill you in on. That's got to be up there for 2021 with one of the worst titles I've ever seen in my entire life. That is so fucking awful. That is so deliberately awful. I can't wait. And yeah, best case scenario, train wreck. So yeah. I'm good. I'm sure it's not a train wreck. I've heard I'm sure it's things. fine. Yeah. And Warhorse, we give it a nay and a meh. Um, yeah. And uh, moving on to television to 2011 and. Yeah, shocked, shocked to say not a lot of stuff out, but the Kennedy Center honor, honors also air. And who is who gets the award this year, Diana? Mostly uh, people I've heard of. There you go. Mostly people you've heard of. Well, you probably haven't heard of Barbara Cook because you're not a stage musical person. But she's a big stage musical person. Plus Neil Diamond, Yo-Yo Ma, Sonny Rollins, who's a jazz saxophone legend, and Meryl Streep. Who? I don't know. Some broad. There's, yeah. there's a decent band in here, I would guess. Oh, actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah? I, I, I would say so. Yeah. yeah I, I imagine Meryl learned something on Ricky and the Rocker. She could probably play that guitar. Yes, we've all heard her in Mamma Mia. <laughs> yes, we all have. Yeah, here we go again. Yes. Yep. Oh, and just to just to round out everything, this year's honorees, which the show just aired on the 22nd, if you're listening to this, mm. it's after we record. Opera singer Justino Diaz. Oh. Barry, Barry Gordy, which seems about 40 years too late wow. for me. The Found Last Dragon's records. Barry Gordy? The Last Dragons, Barry Gordy, <laughs> Joni Mitchell, and one for each of you, Sarah, Bette Midler, <gasps> Chris, Lorne Michaels. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it's a good it. year. Good for her. Also, I just need to rewind a little bit. I cannot believe, Antista, that you pulled Ricky and the Rockers as a <laughs> for Meryl Streep. And by the way, it's called Ricky and the Flash. Okay? My bad. Get it right or pay the price. <laughs> wow, I really did... Uh... Dad tool time that up, didn't I? Uh, like, <laughs> you're watching Tool Time, son. It's what? Tool Time's oh, the show in the show, Dad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> has a real name. <laughs> Just, I need Ricky and the Flash to be everyone's reference point when they talk about Meryl <laughs> Street from here on. <laughs> it's like the time I was telling my friend, I was talking to my friend about Mel Gibson, and the movie that I pulled was the. The man yeah. without the face. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that movie, the guy, he's in uh, Pocahontas. <laughs> okay, Kennedy, good, good on you. Kennedy Center honorees. Video games out this week. Not nothing. Mighty Switch Force in, I don't think you pronounce it this way, VVVVVVV. I think it might just be pronounced V, a, a charming little platformer. They both hit 3DS a little late in the year. Mm. But other than that, not a lot of non-porty um, new releases. And that is almost it for the show. We're going to tell you who lived and died during this period of 302010, who was born and who died. But first, just want to give a couple plugs out. Salute people like Austin Cook over at patreon.com slash laser time who make this show possible and many other shows. This week, we do have a laser time Christmas show that we pulled off last minute, thanks in part to Tony Wilson of Framework and uh, Diamond Dog Dave Rudden, former host on this show. And Video Game Apocalypse will have its Game of the Year stuff all throughout the end of the year. That was a lot of hard work, especially on Michael and Matt's part. I'm not saying so much mine. But I'm really proud of what we pulled off this year. So I, I encourage you guys to listen to that. We have a ton of stuff for our patrons at patreon.com slash laser time. Five bucks, 302010 games episode. We, uh, Me and Chris break, Baker break down the new Spider-Man movie. We have a very weird game of the year 
end of year thing for Video Game Apocalypse where there's a lot of arguing and hurt feelings. I encourage you to listen to it. Di, where can people find you? They can find me on the Twitter at listenernerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or follow the show at 302010podcast. That's 302010podcast. Coming up next week, we actually round out the year with, you know, a show starting December 31st, which kind of sucks. It's mostly it's going to be us going through our list of all the movies that we recommended for 1991, 2001, and 2011 and picking out our favorites of those. But we do have a couple pretty big movies, one of which, yeah, I've been itching to talk about all year. So put on your red track suits. Yes. (laughs) We're talking Tannenbaums. Oh. One of my favorite movies of all time. So buckle in because we have things to talk about. Mm. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. I want to spend like an hour on every character. Same. I'm so excited. Yeah. Can't wait to talk about that. Well, who who died during this period of 30, 2010, Diana? Uh, December 24th through the uh, to the 30th. 30th. Uh, Well, in 2001, I saw we lost Nigel Hawthorne, who was 72. He was uh, King George and Madness of King George. He's in the Ian McKellen, Richard III, and strangely, the bad guy in Demolition Man. I've never understood how he ended up there. (laughs) He was like a very well-regarded older Shakespearean actor. Oh. But okay. Yeah, every now and then they have to slum it. Yeah, sure. Do a voice in Tarzan. Okay. And uh, <laughs> I, I think uh, I'm also seeing um, Cassandra Harris died, uh, the uh-huh. wife of actress I wasn't familiar with, but the wife of Pierce Brosnan died oh. at 38 of cancer. Right, right. Oh, I saw that's that earlier. oh, right. Nigel Hawthorne, he was like one of the stars of Yes Minister, too, which yes. people who watched a lot of PBS in the 80s will remember. Okay. Mm. I didn't have much of a choice, but I did. Mm. And then with that, that out of the way, we got to figure out who lived, who was born with a birthday quiz. Oh, birthday is a doodly do, a ding dong doodly doodly ding dong do. All right. Well, I thought about making him the birthday quiz and decided it was a little bit hard, but this week does mark the 100th anniversary of Steve Allen's birth. Wow. So very first host of The Tonight Show basically created the format of the late night talk show. Wrote something like 8,000 songs total. He wrote a whole bunch of songs. He created a whole bunch of... Yeah. Very important, especially in early television. Anyway, someone who is half his age... Turning 50. 50. 50. 50. Born December 24th, 1971 in San Juan, Puerto Rico to an upper middle class family. Mom was an accountant. Dad was a psychologist. They have Basque, Spanish, and Canarian heritage. Don't hear Canarian a lot. Oh, I don't, know where, I don't even know where Canary... Oh, the Canary Islands. Canary I Islands, see. yeah. I see. So, off Africa, but part of Spain. Still? Uh, <laughs> I think so. He started singing at age six. Super into rock like Journey and Led Zeppelin. And at nine, started appearing in TV ads. He auditioned for a singing group, but was rejected for being too short. It's Ricky Martin. Ricky Martin. It is Ricky Martin. Uh, That was simultaneous. I got it earlier. I just wanted to hear more. All right. But then he came back when he was 12. The group was Menudo. Obviously, he auditioned and got in at 12. They put out 11 albums in six years. Oh, man. While touring nonstop. I can't believe they had time to write that much. Living the La Vida Loca. It was a La Vida Loca. Including an album in Tagalog because they were so popular in the Philippines. Wow. Yeah, he says like, oh, it was a great experience, but I didn't get a childhood. Yeah. Burned out. Uh, So he left at 18. He was accepted to NYU, but then left after a couple months to go to Mexico City to star in a production of Mama Ama El Rock. Mom loves rock. Oh. And 
then he started the telenovela yes. Alcazar Una Estrella, which was turned into a movie. Hmm. I, I'd never heard of a telenovela turning into a movie, but okay. We just talked about his debut album coming out in November 1991. Then uh, he was on General Hospital for two years, went back to music, wrote the official FIFA World Cup song for 1998, La Copa de la Vida, which is a banger. Awesome song. And uh, since then, he's released 10 albums selling more than 70 million for Latin Grammys, plus the Person of the Year, two Grammys, nominated for an Emmy for Murder of Gianni Versace, which was, he was great in that. Yes, I forgot he was in that. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Assassination of Gianni Versace is called that. Entertainment Weekly's Entertainer of the Year, GLAD's Highest Honor, the Vita Rosso Award, and the International Center for Missing and Exploiting Children's Humanitarian Award. What the hell? Wow. There's yeah. so much I didn't know about old Ricky. Yeah. Yeah. No, he he does a fucking ton of nonprofit work. So, yeah, he's 50 and he looks fine as hell for a dad of four. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he looks better than ever, honestly. Yes. Yeah. He really, he really, really does. And honestly, I think, you know what's, what some of it is, though? Is I think you can tell since he came out. Uh, I think he's a happier person. Of course. Typically is usually the case. Yeah. To not live in fear. And again, I think I point that out all the time. That is the only mark against Ricky Martin is like the stomach churning behind the music he has. Because he is -hmm. is so deeply closeted that half of the behind the music is about how he has a girlfriend. And... It seems mm-hmm. so sweaty and desperate when you look at it now. Like, why are we talking about this that much? Move on to his music and his career. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And Barbara Walters, like, would not drop it in their interview. And she's mm-hmm. apologized since then. She's yeah. like, that was just, who cares? Why Why was I bothering him so much? Yeah. It's just, it was mean. Yeah, it was mean. And just imagine being asked that question so often and not being able to have a, come up with a good answer for it. Yeah. Oh, boy. Just, yeah. Leave a boy alone. Leave the boy alone. Hopefully, Yay. we'll live in Happy a different birthday, world. Happy birthday, Ricky! Happy birthday, Ricky! Happy birthday, Love cup of life. I'm going to raise my cup of life, which is also a Sam Adams bottle to this man. <laughs> mm. Thank you guys so much for listening. Another year of 302010 almost over. Tune in to the season finale next week, Ooh. which will double okay. as the uh, the series debut, uh, the season debut, mm-hmm. the yes. debut of the seventh season. Uh, there'll right. be surprises and. Uh, 1992, dramatic. 2002, and 2012. Remember how the world ended in 2012? Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Mm. Yeah. Remember the world got way worse a few years later? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was less fun. Mm. Oh. I don't know. I've already been looking into, especially the movies in 1992, and oh, Lord. <laughs> I, mean, I think you should be most excited. Honestly, let's just call the whole show Countdown to Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, my God. I got shit to say. <laughs> <laughs> In, uh, in your classic corner covering 82, which many people my age have called the greatest year for film ever. Huh. 82. Some good stuff in there, yeah. It's ridiculous. Yep. Uh, many, many franchises hit their stride or debut in 82. Mm-hmm. Let's go out with uh, Can't Let Go by Mariah Carey. It's on the charts in 1991 this week. Thank yep. you guys so much for listening. Patreon.com slash laser time. We'd appreciate your support, and we will see you next week.